Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. One o'clock on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Finally, I've been wanting to get to the text line, man. We just got a lot of stuff to do. Busy, busy Friday on Weston Walker. 704-570-9610. We had a lot of different comments, some of them coming in on the best snack mascot of all time. All right. Somebody said, flame this man when Fitty said Cheetos are overrated. Carolina Crazy agreed with you. Cheetos are horrible. I, I don't know how people think Cheetos are horrible. Michael, the 49er fan. This is this is actually a popular take. Is that what you're telling me? Cheetos are overrated? How how are they overrated? Cheetos are great. I'm a chip connoisseur. I eat chips. I'm eating chips right now. <laughs> there is never a moment in my everyday walk of life it's amazing. that I ever think, you know what sounds good? A Cheeto. I want a Dorito. <sighs> I want, you know, some Lay's, some Ruffles. Like whoever, I told you, and this is where I get mad because you never, you never deliver the good takes. I tell you off the air. The only time I want a Cheeto is if I get out of the pool in the summertime. No, well, that it's it's not the only time, right? It's it's almost a perfect take because the the correct take is Cheetos are at their best. Chips, however, though, like I think just chips are at their best when you get out of the pool in summertime. So I'm not that chlorine. It just mixes well. Ugh, I don't know what it is, man. The chips, especially with the sandwich that is cut in half. I feel like you need to have the sandwich cut in half, paper plate, Cheetos, potato chips. Also, huge fan of putting some potato chips inside the sandwich that you make at home. My momo and I had this conversation just yesterday. That that extra crunch factor, man, it it's, hits different. It's marvelous. It's huge. Know that I agree with Fitty on the fact that I don't ever seek out Cheetos. It's something that I eat if they're there. But you I don't like them with food either. No, no, no. I, I I said during the break that I put chips in boxes. I, I designate them for different things. And to me, Doritos is the greatest chip of all time because you can eat them with anything. You can go with a cheese stick. You can go cheeseburger. You can do it with a PB&J. You can eat Doritos with anything and a snack. But to me, like Fritos and Cheetos, those are strictly snack chips for me. Um, Joe Gibbs Jr., when we're talking about the best snack mascots, Little Debbie is the queen, all oh. caps, period. Little Debbie is a great one. But she one. didn't... But there was no commercials with her unless I'm missing something from back you, in the day where she was like animate. You you got to strictly know the picture. And and I think what happens with Little Debbie is that, especially if you're a sweet tooth guy, which I am, you see Little Debbie, you get excited because <laughs> she don't miss. What about um, Sugar Bear? Uh, who's Sugar Bear? I you don't remember know Sugar, Sugar Bear? Bear? He was on the front of, um, oh, Lord. The the cereal, the chocolate uh, cereal that he had, he had the real smooth. Now, you talk about smooth. Sugar Bear was smooth. I don't know who Sugar Bear is, oh, but know. he sounds like somebody that I would like. Moose wrote in, two Cam San, uh, Sam, snap, uh, snap, crackle, and pop. Yes, Rice Krispie mascots. 
The Flintstones, Tony the Tiger, Pillsbury Doughboy, Captain Crunch, and Little Debbie. Tony the Tiger, that got a mention. Pfeiffer wrote, Fitty hating on Cheetos because he knows where his hands have been and he can't get the orange. Oh, okay. Whoa. A delightfulness of his fingers properly? I don't know. You don't remember that? Oh, I don't know. Golden Crisp? Yeah. yeah I, Golden Crisp, I did not eat a whole lot of that. So I don't remember. Sugar I didn't Bear. eat it either, but he had commercials, though. Sugar Bear was pretty smooth. Uh, I would watch a cartoon about the Captain Crunch character yeah. <laughs> oh the lucky charms leprechaun leprechaun is great also tricks the bunny i like tricks the bunny oh tricks yeah, are yeah for yeah. kids mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> scary Silly rabbit uh <laughs> <laughs> feel free to write in some more uh somebody said the dr pepper guy that's just justin garini right yeah that's not a it's, i don't know if that's a that guy peanut me out. uh keebler the elf moose wrote in uh, oh how could we forget tony the tiger no, we said it. We did? Right. Yeah. I think you were just looking yeah, at Sugar awful. Bear. Uh, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That guy's amazing. Also, the Cookie Crisp guy. I don't know who that is, but Cookie cool. Crisp. Yeah. Kool-Aid Man. Kool-Aid Man was written in here. Somebody wrote that. I apologize. We've got an influx of text messages. Do we count Willy Wonka because he had movies, but he's no, also he's, a character on the box, though? They do put Wonka. There's an animated version of Willy Wonka. I know. I'm counting him. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Don't. Great movie. One of my favorite. <laughs> Can we do it? Movie I'm doing one. it. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Is that or Willy Wonka in the Chocolate yeah, Factory? Yeah, I like the original. The Johnny Depp one, I'm not with that. Count Chocula. Uh, Chocula that one is in here oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite, the last one I'll go with. Do you remember the absolute crazy honeycomb animal thing? Yeah. The Tasmanian devil, bug-eyed looking guy. I don't know why I liked him so much, but I did. I did like that guy. Are we counting uh, Ronald McDonald? Yeah, you can if you want. I guess that's getting into different category mascot-wise. But, yeah, you can if you want. We can go oh, back. Oh, the Rice Krispie Trio. We did that as well. I don't think Dang, you were listening to a lot of that. Man. That's okay. I just want you to know that next time you accuse me of not right. listening. 7057. We, we literally said that, too. I know you did. I don't think you did. I don't think you did. <laughs> I don't think you heard that one as well. Let's go to the Panther schedule release. Let's go biggest takeaways and then start to break this thing down into different categories. Biggest takeaways that you saw, Wes. First thing that jumped out to you, was it the road trip that they have in the back half of the season, week 12 through 14? Was it an intriguing QB matchup? What was the biggest takeaway you saw when the official schedule came out yesterday? Uh, Yeah, the rookie quarterback matchups. I'm excited to see those when you talk about playing Houston and Indianapolis in back-to-back weeks. We're going to hopefully get to see the top three quarterbacks drafted all going against each other and battling head-to-head. So that's the thing I'm very excited about because all of these guys will be forever linked in their lives no matter what they do. And so I think that's a pretty cool aspect of this schedule and one that jumped out to me initially. Yeah, I I think for me is it's pretty balanced, right? I I think you do have that three-game road trip, week 12, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and then you have three division games in a row with the Falcons right after that. That will be at home, though. So three-game road trip, but you do finish at home three of the last four games. So if you are in a situation, which the NFL season is like this, there can be some teams that are very down bad that show up in the in the hunt graphic when you're watching primetime football. So if Carolina, as long as they are within arm's reach in the hunt, to get to the postseason, you have three of your last four games at home. Plus, you're talking about Atlanta. So, very different football teams by that point. You lead off with them in week one, September 10th, and then you play them again on a date that's to be decided, week 15th, as it's what I'm looking at right now. So, but your week 15 to week one, very different football teams. And then Green Bay, December 24th, not going to be your Green Bay Packers of the Aaron Rodgers era. Jacksonville, 
Still going to be a tough matchup for them. That's going to be on the road December 31st. But then you're back at home against Tampa Bay, which we don't have a ton of high expectations for. So I, I do like the way that it ends. So let's go with a category breakdown. Fiddy, if you don't mind, I'd like to get your take on this as well because I want your energy up. I, I know you got angry about the Armani Edwards thing. I want to see if you have some hot takes for this as well. All right. Let's go to you first, though, real quickly, Wes. Toughest game, number one tough game on the schedule. What matchup are you looking at? Uh, to me, week 11, you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, a team that I think is going to be a Super Bowl contender, loaded roster, talent all over the place offensively and defensively, but especially defensively. Uh, that's going to be a really tough outing for Bryce because you got to look out for Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence coming off of that edge. Uh, and then, you know, you're talking about just some of the intricate things Dallas can do. But just defensively, they're going to provide a really stiff test for him. Fiddy, do you agree that it is your ex-Dallas Cowboys that is the toughest matchup for Carolina? Or would you look to a different matchup? I actually, it's I think it's their toughest home game. I don't think it's their toughest game, though. I'll go. I'll go at New Orleans. It's a, it's a place on the road where historically Carolina doesn't win very often. Although Sam Darnold did win there last year while throwing for less than less than a hundred yards, and, and it feels like it could be a game where maybe that decides the division. If if New Orleans lives up to all this hype that they're getting with their roster and stuff like that, so I'll, I'd either go that one. Or maybe at Seattle, but I feel like Seattle's set to have a setback year this year. So, but but I'll, I'll go at New Orleans road game in the division. Give me that one. I have another road game. My toughest matchup for Carolina this year is on the road against Miami, Week Six, October fifteenth. So a, a couple things we know how we know how dangerous that offense is going to be. Now, Tua quarterback changing the whole injury history with Tua. I know that's a big deal, but if he's healthy. We saw that Tua was a legitimate MVP candidate in the first half of last season. Now, it didn't continue that way, but we know Mike McDaniel can absolutely scheme up an offense. I love what they've done at the running back position. They got the guy to Texas A&M who is also crazy fast. So you have him alongside Jalen Waddell, alongside Tyreek Hill. And so you've also made some moves to shore up the defense as well. I think Miami's going to be a really tough matchup. Plus, I think that's the first, it's the second test. Detroit also has a very good offense, but back-to-back -back games, man, back-to-back -back weeks heading into the bye. So you want to be set heading into the bye of facing really awesome offenses. So how much can your defense hold them in check? I, I really think that game against Miami on the road, the second road game in a row, Bryce Young trying to keep up with that offense, that's the one that I would go with. I got clowned for this when I was on with Charlotte Sports today. The first thing I look at when I get my team's schedule is their bye week. Carolina has had back-to-back -back late buys the last couple of years. They got a week seven buy. You like that or do you hate that? I don't think I would clown you for it. I, I look at road trips more so. I think I look at how long a road trip is and if there's any if there's any outlier on the schedule first. But I think a lot of people, you got some. Yeah, I know Flounder definitely an important part of the schedule. I think it sits in a good spot, kind of right in that halfway spot, almost not quite. Yeah, I've, but I think week seven's a good time to have a buy. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think you you might have it a little bit later if you got to pick and choose where it is. But I, I don't hate week seven. I'd probably go like a week nine if I had it yeah. my way. If yeah, I had the, it my perfect place. The thing I like about it is look at their next three games after that. Home, Houston, home, Indy at Chicago. Three and oh is not out of question there. A chance for you to build momentum down the stretch, the, the, mm -hmm. the back half of the, the regular season, too. Yeah, and it, any one of those games could belong in the most intriguing matchup. I'll go with the Colts. I think Colts is most intriguing. 
I mean, you talk about Shane Steichen, Frank Reich, two minds of the same ilk having worked with Philadelphia before. Okay, so now Frank Reich is also doing the old thing, facing his Indianapolis Colts franchise that he coached for a while, and despite having a winning record overall throughout his years there, got fired midseason because it just went so badly. Rookie quarterback matchup between Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson kicking off what is kind of considered the halfway point in a week 17 schedule. Most intriguing matchup. There's a lot here, too. Like, you got a lot to choose from. But I'm, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch what Carolina can do against Indianapolis. And by the way, the next game you have only four days after. That's the Thursday night matchup you have against Chicago. So that'll be a big game for Carolina. If it becomes the poop fest that Richard Sherman coined it when you have the Thursday night football matchup. Maybe take care of business before you have that Thursday night action. Uh, my most intriguing matchup will be week four versus Minnesota because I think at that point, as I've said, when you break down the schedule into quadrants, I think by week four we're going to start to have the Panthers season take shape as far as what things are looking like. Are they one and three? Are they two and two? Are they three and one? How are things going to be looking there uh, as they get to, or excuse me, are they going to be one and two, oh, and three, or uh, two and one coming into that matchup, and where will things go after that? Because Minnesota, I believe, they're going to be a formidable team yet again. And so, how is the season looking as you come into that stretch, especially? If Bryce is not the starter for some reason and you have Andy Dalton there, a lot of teams like to make that change by week four. So my thing is how are things going to look there? Because those are some tough games and it's a crapshoot in my opinion as to how they will look coming into week four. We went with the toughest. Now we're going most intriguing. Fiddy, what say you on most intriguing? I actually went with that Thursday night football game at Chicago because like if if, if Chicago is a losing football team, which I think most most of us think they they, they will be, There'll be a lot of talks around, you know, them making the wrong mistake, investing in Justin Fields over getting a guy like Bryce Young. Of course, it's the first time we'll see DJ Moore not in a Panther uniform while playing on the field, on the same field as as the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, on the road at Soldier Field, if Bryce Young was to take that team on a short week and win a game like that, it only builds momentum for them. So I think that's the most intriguing game on their side as well, the factors with Chicago. All right, well, so we have a few more categories to get to. We also have NBA playoffs on the other side of the break. The Suns, they get trounced for the second straight Smash. year, failing to get to the Western Conference Finals. Absolutely embarrassing for Phoenix once more. We'll get to that, plus flashback Friday to close out the hour. All on Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Charlotte FC Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match, so stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Hit us up on said Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610 and follow us on those socials. We put out a dope reel today picking the four toughest games. We only gave you two right here. Well, with Fitty, we gave you three, but he's not in our reel. But Walker and I give you a four-pack of tough games that you can check out on the WFNZ Instagram, WFNZ Twitter, and the Wesson Walker page, as well as uh, we retweet those on our personal pages as well, so you can check those out. So finishing up our conversation on the schedule, we did not get to finish all of our topics that we have, so let's get into a couple more, shall we? We, we shall. All we right. shall. <laughs> All right, the biggest old thing, gang. Should I go into a relationship analogy here? Or should we, uh, <laughs> I mean, for those would, who might not understand what old thing means, it, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It's it's kind of disrespectful, I guess, if you want to go that route. Yeah. But but uh, if you wanted to do the West Bryant analysis, well, it'll help people make the parallel. You know, you remember that old thing that you wanted. You guys had something good, and for whatever reason, or you girls just wanted. That's to that right. Out there. I'm sorry, the girl, girl, girl. For anyone, any person, yeah, and that other person. Let you go. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. They used to be my old thing. Yeah, that's right. Your old thing. And they let you go. And so you've got a that's chance to see them again. You're going to go hang out somewhere and you mm-hmm. know they're going to be there. Yeah. And so, you want to make sure you got on your dopest fit and you're looking your best. So they say, mm, I should have never let them go. And so the Panthers have <laughs> right. a few of those on the schedule. Walker, yeah, what's really your biggest do. old thing? They, they really do. I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm going to take a different route, though, because okay. you might think DJ Moore, he wants to produce big time on Thursday night primetime against the Carolina Panthers, the team that the only team that he's played for until now. But the number one overall pick, that used to be Chicago's old thing. That is old thing, right? Like the number one pick, Bryce Young, could have been with Chicago. I like that. So if the Bears are struggling at the midway point of the season with Justin Fields, and it does not look like they're going to get to the postseason despite having a number one receiver, despite Ryan Poles being able to parlay that number one pick into a whole bunch of other different draft selections, and Bryce Young is balling with Carolina at that point, that could be very interesting, right? Prime time, you could have had Bryce, Justin Fields isn't working out, and Bryce gets the victory on the road in Soldier Field. How would that go over with Chicago fans if they got beat down in prime time at home? I think number one overall pick old thing, hey, Chicago, now that that that's what I used to be. Now I'm here with Carolina balling out, and maybe Carolina could be on their way to a postseason burn. I like that, man, but the biggest old thing game for me, I mean, there's an obvious one with Frank Reich in Indianapolis, yeah. but I'm going to go another direction here. Week four, off the rip, as they like to stay in the streets. Adam Thielen, we saw it in the Panthers' schedule release video. We saw that with him faking or uh, him getting his rap notes together as he's going to face his old team, the Minnesota Vikings, in week four. Okay, Justin Jefferson, newly drafted Jordan Addison. They got a new second thing over there to replace you. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure that Adam Thielen will be emotional. I'm sure that he will be angry. I'm sure that he will have everything wrapped in one to come out and give the Vikings that smoke and say, you made a mistake bringing in that rookie, and I'm going to show you what you're missing to the tune of 12 catches for 264 oh, yards oh goodness gracious. and three touchdowns. Uh, that's what do you think? That, uh, I think that's a staggering stat line. <laughs> I mean, you, you would be right to guess he'd get 1,000. If he has that many yards in just a week four game alone, then I might have to oh, say he'd yeah. get 1,000 yards at that point. That. 100%. Fiddy, what you got? All right, so when Wes was setting this up, I was thinking about my former lover. Or that's what you probably would have thought I was thinking about. My All former right. lover. But I was actually thinking about when Walker and I went our separate ways four years ago. Wow. <laughs> and then he showed back up last summer, all thanks to me. And he was like, I thought I was done with this guy. Thank you for giving me a job. Mm. I appreciate it. Mine is Tampa Bay because Baker Mayfield is their quarterback. Oh. And Bruce Arians went on. a. And look, if the Panthers beat a Baker Mayfield-led Tampa mm. Bay team, I'm going to need them to troll Bruce Arians with some sort of quote or something like that. But, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go that one because we never got the Baker that we wanted to get here in Carolina. He went to the Rams and on a short week put up a brilliant performance. Now he winds up in Tampa Bay. So, you know, I'll, I'll go that one because how how bad would we feel if he beat Bryce Young? Ooh. And he threw for like 300 yards, three tutties. And oh, we, you know Baker is King Petty. He will have some type of gesture or something to say after the game to take a little stab at the you know, and, and that would be fine because <laughs> it, it's amazing. He would have been on two different teams since it did not work out here in Carolina. But I've got Tampa for a different category, so we can keep on combing through. But I do have Tampa down on the list, but just for a different one. Well, I'll let you, would that be our next topic uh, oh. on the docket? Well, we have best QB matchup. Okay. And no, I'm not going to say Bryce right. Young versus Baker <laughs> is the best QB okay. matchup. So uh, my best quarterback matchup, when you look at this schedule, there's lots to choose from here. They're playing against a lot of really good signal callers, but I'm going to go the last two wonder kids as far as just coming out in the draft. People talking about these two as being generational prospects. I'm talking about Bryce Young, and I'm talking about my guy, Trevor Lawrence, Way like down one. in week 17 when they take on Jacksonville. I called them in our real uh, Carolina's jealous younger brother, but I guess they're the same age. So I guess we could call them maybe twins. Well, they haven't or, been to a Super Bowl. I think more accomplished. What right? is it with, uh, with the twins when they don't look alike? They're born, you know, fraternal. fraternal. Yeah, the fraternal twin, the Jacksonville okay. Jaguars, because uh, these two have come into the league together. But Carolina has had more success when you talk about Super Bowls and things of that nature. But as far as that quarterback matchup, a lot's going to be known about both of these teams by then. So we're going to know if Bryce Young is going to have that rookie season that we think he can have. We're going to know if Trevor Lawrence has officially taken the leap that he did the second half of last season when he was lighting it up and led the Jaguars to a playoff victory and battled in Kansas City. We're going to know if he's him, and we're going to see Jacksonville. I mean, we're going to see Carolina's Bryce Young as well. So the last two wonder kids of the last few drafts with those two guys. Big Cat Dan agrees with you. He was saying December 31st against Jacksonville, so he agrees. Uh, Michael 49er fan, our guy, he wrote in, 
Blaker, uh, Baker did not play very well for the Panthers against his old team last year in week one against Cleveland. And, and you know what's funny about that? It, it's not that Michael is wrong, but he still played better against Cleveland than he did against all the other opponents that would go after Cleveland, right? So that was true. Uh, Deacon Donna wrote in, T-Law will roll in that game against Carolina week 17. Okay. Betty, what do you think is the best QB matchup on the Panthers' schedule? This one's really tough because I like Geno Smith. I like Jared Goff, but I ended up with two because you were talking about how that could be a chance for them to maybe prove themselves and stuff like that. And, you know, like if, if, if he goes down there and two is healthy and that offense is doing what it does best under Mike McDaniel and Bryce Young goes blow for blow and stuff like that, I, I think it'll be a lot, a lot of fun to Alabama uh, uh, yeah. pro, uh, prodigies prospects that played under Nick Saban still trying to prove their worth in the NFL. So that's the one that I landed on. I didn't think about that one, but I like it. The two Alabama guys going at it. Uh, I went with an easy one, to be honest, Houston, number one, number two, overall picks. If there was, we got to have that. If if there was any worry that CJ Stroud would not start at the beginning of the season because of not being able to pick up the offense or whatever. Right. I don't think that's happening. I'm just giving you the worst case scenario week eight. That'll be ironed out. C.J. Stroud will be starting for Houston in week eight, and so will Bryce Young. So to have those guys go at it at a pivotal moment, right, right before you get to the second half of the season, I think that one is going to be a great QB matchup. And I'll just go ahead and lead off the biggest I-have-no-clue-what-to-expect contest. Yes. That's the other category. This is where I have Tampa. You had Baker in the category of the biggest old thing game. I don't know if Baker's going to start. I think that's a real possibility. He was that bad. I mean, think about Baker Mayfield, right? He comes over to Carolina, clearly the starter, because Carolina was desperate to move on from Sam Darnold. And even P.J. Walker, they didn't want him to be the starter. But both of those QBs played better than Baker did, both of them. And so then he had to go over with L.A., had one good game, and it was remarkable. Off of short week, it was like three days of picking up the system, started, and was actually very good. I'll give him credit. But the Rams didn't bring him back. They're rolling with Matthew Stafford, and they didn't bring him back as a backup. Maybe Baker wanted to start. Okay, fine. So now he's going to Tampa, but I don't know if he's going to be the starter 100% of the time. Plus, with Tampa, think about all the injuries they suffer. Chris Godwin has been banged up quite a bit. Are they still? How much are they going to look like last year, even without Tom Brady? We did this with the best rosters in the division. West Tampa and Atlanta, too. I will say Atlanta, but for a positive reason. Tampa, for a negative reason, I just don't know what to expect from them. So that's my biggest, I have no clue what to expect opponent. Week 13, late in the season, will be the first matchup between those two parties. Division game, right in the middle of that road trip that they have three weeks in a row. That's the one I have. Tampa Bay, week 13. I have no clue what to expect. My biggest game in that category i'm gonna go straight out of the gate with the atlanta falcons on the road because that's the biggest unknown for a lot of these teams is week one yes you have the preseason yes you get a chance to see what you have uh during those three weeks but as far as just coming out playing a division opponent week one uh the panthers more than likely will have a rookie quarterback in the seat as far as starting at quarterback B. John Robinson in Atlanta. Desmond Ritter will also potentially be starting his first game. So we're not going to know what to expect from either one of these teams. Uh, There's going to be a lot of new parts at key places for each of these franchises. I think that's going to be a fun matchup, but also one that we won't know what to expect from either one of these teams. That's just the beginning of the painting of the picture for these franchises. Walker, you went with the Week 13 matchup. Can I interest you in the Week 12 matchup at Tennessee? 
Explain. We Will don't Levis? know. Who, we don't know who the quarterbacks could it be. Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis might even make that roster in Tennessee, and then you've got Will Levis. Um, there were rumors after the season that they were going to maybe move on from Derrick Henry. Everyone thought Philadelphia would maybe go all in if they lost Miles Sanders and make a trade for him. Who knows if he's still in in, in Tennessee. And is Mike Vrabel going to be their head coach after the collapse they had at the end of last year where they were 7-3, seven and 7-4? Seven and they missed the playoffs altogether. You just don't know with Tennessee. That team could win the division running away with 10, 11, maybe 12 wins. Or they could just be flat-out terrible and have that thing blown up by the trade deadline. So give me Tennessee under the radar, the most I-don't-know-what-to-expect game. Nice little kumbaya moment, but I'm proud of all of us with that segment. A lot of great answers. <laughs> a lot of great, compelling cases. Air 5 for yeah, back woo, there, 100%. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I liked all of it. KC Is this Steve. friendship? I think so. <laughs> Casey Steve wrote in, defensive plan against Tampa Bay. D-line, just put your hands up. A lot of batted passes if Baker Mayfield is going to be starting at QB. Big Cat Dan said also, what to expect is Tennessee. I agree with Fitty. You don't know who's going to be starting QB. I like all of that. So, yeah, that'll be toughest game, most intriguing, best QB matchup. That was fun to break it down in a few different categories. All right, let's turn the page, man, and let's hit on some of these topics quick as we are getting closer and closer to the break. NBA playoffs last night. I didn't trust the 76ers. I thought the Celtics would come in and get the job done. Jason Tatum down the stretch, started the game terribly, but kept battling, got the win. Now the Sixers go to Boston for a game seven. I like the Celtics in this. What were your thoughts? Oh, I do too. And Philadelphia, this is going to be a huge problem when you go in the, you know, a year from now. I mean, not even a year from now. We could be talking about this on Monday because I will say this. Philadelphia does have the rest advantage. Clearly, Philadelphia needs the rest a lot more than Boston does. Philly, were they quitting? Like, did y'all watch the game at this end? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason Tatum was atrocious offensively. I mean, there there was a thought where it's like, okay, do you just let Jalen be the guy, put everybody else around Jalen, and just not play Jason? Like, that would have been extreme. But he wasn't hitting anything. And then he hits three, four threes in a row. I don't know what James Harden is doing offensively. This was, uh, you know, the negative part of the pendulum swing for James Harden. And Joel Embiid, those guys are walking back. Doris Burke called it out on the broadcast, too. This is this is the moment. This is at home against Boston, the higher seed. So you don't want to send this thing back to game seven. Jason Tatum at that point is having an all-time brutal game. Nobody else is really stepping up, even if I'll say Marcus Smart was playing well. Joel Embiid was missing mid-range. James Harden not knowing what to do with the basketball. Did PJ you see that one pass? Yeah, it was where, bad. Dude, it was bad. Embiid was triple teamed. Philadelphia was was it was bad. And it, he threw it across the. And then, dude, when he when he complained at Embiid why he didn't get the ball, I was sitting there and I was just kind of like, "What are you doing? You're what? one of the best players <laughs> of this generation, yeah. and you're making that type of bone." But you know what? You should expect it because Doc Rivers is the most overrated championship winning coach in sports. Well, I mean, look, I don't even know if he's overrated, Fiddy, because a lot of people agree with you. 32 you, losses in game in serious clinching situations. You can't be that sorry in elimination games and be the only guy to ever drop a 3-1 lead with two different franchises. No, this is the reputation, right? There's a lot of reputation yeah. storylines here. James Harden. 
He fought a couple of them. If he has a big game seven, then he can get back from what happened game six. But, yeah, that that game was crazy last night. And I agree with you, Wes. I think Boston wins it. All right, then the Nuggets just absolutely trounced the Suns. I thought Phoenix was going to come back force at game seven, but it was not to be. 32-point triple-double from Nikola Jokic. Are the Nuggets for real, man? Are they a real finals threat? Are they going to get there? 100%. 100% they're real. Nikola Jokic, what more do you want? Please, Ballin'. please go look at that guy's game log. Please go look at the the worst production that he put up so far this series. It's when he scored 24 points. It's the worst. <laughs> and I think that might have been a triple-double when he had 24 points. Plus, this team is actually better than last year's. Remember, man, Jamal Murray wasn't there. Yeah. Like, everybody that held that against Nikola for not being towards the top of the standings. Yeah. I, it, so when you talk about Nikola... This was this is a lot better team. I, I love the Denver Nuggets. Dubs Lakers tonight. I like the Warriors to get the job done for us at Game Seven. Knicks and Heat tonight. I'm gonna go with the Heat to close this thing out, man. So what say you and Infinity get it in real quick? Heat close it out. Yeah. All right, Dubs Lakers though. What you got? I think the Lakers win. Really. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Lakers. I think LeBron. Do you at think home, AD is is right, or do you think they're just trying to sweep this thing under the rug so he doesn't miss the game? If he plays, I think there's enough for him to be able to be effective. But I, I think we see LeBron in the postseason. Even you want everybody to be 100 percent all the time, but you just can't do it at that age. LeBron turns it on tonight. He knows Game Seven in Golden State. Do you want that? No, they, they don't want that. <laughs> all right, Fitty, your thoughts? Do the Knicks? Force a game seven oh, and Dubs Lakers. You don't want to get to a game seven. Sorry, not at home, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I would love to see New York force a game seven. I feel like if they get if they get back to the Garden, the Garden would give them a win and they'd go to their first conference finals since I became a Nick fan. Doesn't happen. Jimmy Butler, Heat culture, the referees, Miami closes this thing out tonight in six. I think Golden State wins. I think they're coming back down 3-1 because... Corgi said so on TikTok. Oh, I, I I just trust them more. I don't know. I don't know what it yeah. is. I I know they have their issues, and look, they've won a they've won at least one road playoff game in 29 straight series. I'm gonna keep going with that math until it proves me wrong otherwise. So I think they force a game seven. Fitty Flash number two. Let's get it. It's alright to be little Fitty, a little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Wow. Let's turn our attention to the college basketball ranks. Yesterday, the transfer portal closed. And DeMarco Dunn said, I didn't make a buzzer-beating shot, but I'll, I'll enter the portal up against the buzzer, becoming the seventh Tar Heel to enter the transfer, transfer portal. What you guys make of another guy exiting Hubert Davis's program? He now becomes... The last player in Huber Davis's first recruiting class to leave all via the transfer portal. Man, I think it's tough for Carolina. Uh, I think they brought in some good transfers, but uh, this program, man, it's just tough seeing a program like Carolina lose so many guys. I don't care at all about this one, right? I, like, didn't I don't care know. either. I, I am very different. I mean, look, you already brought in guys that are going to go out there and start ahead of them anyway. I don't know. How much was Dunn going to play? I, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. How much do you think he's going to play? I mean, like, I had gotten my idea around, like, if Elliot could do reclassified and he's in a backcourt coming off the bench with a, you know, a high school senior playing college ball and then Seth Trimble, it would make a lot. I'd be okay with it. 
But who's going to be a bench roll? And did y'all see Will Shaver trying to troll the UNC basketball program? I did. I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot for me to freak out on my podcast. It doesn't. I can't imagine it. Does. Maybe on your podcast. On, on okay. my podcast. Because yeah. like, I don't cuss on my on, on that platform. I save all the cussing for here. That one That one made me cuss. Because I was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not Carolina's fault. You're not good enough to play here. All right. Well, there you have it. When we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, it's Flashback Friday on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you listening every single weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. You can text us your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. The number is 704-570-9610. Anonymous A wrote, you got to trust the Corgi on TikTok to get that series right. If you don't know, it's the Corgi sensation that I don't know how right the Corgi is, but the Corgi predicted. And 100% so far. Is that, is that right? So, Well, I wow. know in this series alone. Yeah. I don't know about other things. But in this series alone, the prediction was that the Lakers would go up 3-1 and then Golden State would come back. But oh. also, the dog got every single winner of each game right. So far, the dog is 100% on oh, every single game. Oh, is that game. the dog that I see on social media that hits the little things? The ball into the, trash into the different, cans? yep, yeah, with different I logos kept on it. what that was. Yep, so that's uh, that that's the corgi. Uh, Hornets Ron said, LaBum doesn't have that turn it on gear anymore. Game seven, unless AD has an excellent game. I mean, it's just, it's a classic, (laughs) it's a classic uh, LeBron hater insult. And uh, you know what? That's why I wanted to put some emphasis on it. Uh, 980 said the New York Knicks will win. That is a cleanup game for Vegas. So, okay. Cleanup game. Thinks uh, Miami's a six and a half point favorite. That's a big spread for basketball. Um, Jack wrote in at some point, we need to talk about KD not being that guy. We think he is. But, 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 but fraud. How many well, opportunities? Yeah, that was. How many opportunities has he had to win? And his only chip is a role player. Whoa, for Curry played <laughs> right. That's a big. That's a big. That's that a was big a. One. That was a hot dismount. Yeah, that was. Ooh, you decided to throw the Molotov <laughs> cocktail. Then. Ooh. See ya. I'm gone. A role player. Finals MVP role player. That is two-time finals lot. MVP. Yeah. Uh-oh, hang on. A lot. All right. You got something fitting? Are you seeing this, the, the follow-up text that Anonymous A just texted in? 
Oh, this is Trappy, by hey, the way. Uh, this guy in the side studio texting into the sh- cut some damn audio, okay? Wait, but but uh didn't I get it wrong one time? I thought somebody else was Trappy, right? No, nah, this this makes sense that this is this is the Trappy. Uh, Trappy right. left though cuz he just walked by the window and said, "What's up?" All right. Oh, did he? Yeah. He didn't he didn't, he didn't ask if that was okay. <laughs> he needs to come see the authorities. Trap him. Fitty Rickard. Fitty Rickard. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Trop. Don't don't get Fitty mad at you. What's All the right. real deal? All right, we don't have that much time. I did want to debut this new segment, though. So something that we're going to be playing with. It's Flashback Friday. Talk about old things. I used to do this in my old thing. So right. now we're going to bring it back to the new thing here, doing it on Wes and Walker. What I like to do, because I don't delete emails, I have so many different rundowns and content of things I was rummaging through through years past. So we'll go back. And what happened on this day, May 12th in this case, each of the last three years, maybe we can even go back further if we have enough time. But here's the debut on Wesson Walker of Flashback Friday. Let's go back in time. It's Flashback Friday. Let's go way back. Way back in time. This is Friday. You ain't got no job. Uh-oh. What? My time machine has been activated. Time machine? I didn't know you had a time machine. All right, Rupert. Prepare to time travel. Let's time travel all the way back to last year, May 12th, 2022. As we might discuss here with this season, Wes, the opening week lines were put out there for every degenerate to go bet on. The week one opening line for Carolina was Cleveland, and they would be a four and a half point favorite against Carolina, of course, taking place at Bank of America Stadium. The over-under was 43-and-a-half. If you look at Carolina's schedule, we know that Carolina would eventually lose that game against Cleveland in Week 1, but it also happened on a game-winning field goal. Cleveland would be able to win that game. And so the line, while that did have a close one, Carolina, I don't know. During Week 1, we were all underwhelmed, and that would be probably Baker's better game compared to all the other contests that he played right after that. Wes, we know the era with Baker here, it ended so horribly, but it wasn't even off to a great start as soon as we got to see him in a Carolina Panther uniform. Uh, No, not at all, because you have to take into account the fact that you're playing your old team. You know how Baker gives it up as far as just the pettiness. You thought that he was going to come out and just light the Browns up, and he did none of that. It was a dud of a performance for him, and that was a precursor for things to come. Yeah, Carolina would uh, lose, by the way, 26 to 24. So Carolina would cover, and the over would hit on the 43 and a half. 2021 on May 12th, the Hornets officially clinched a play-in spot for the first postseason experience in their franchise's history since the 2015-2016 postseason run, all well, seven-game run in the first-round series. That was actually what's funny about that. They plinched, or they, I can't talk today. There's been doing. I like that. I've been doing so many things like that today. I don't know why I can't talk. They clinched the play-in spot, but they did so despite losing to the Denver Nuggets, and it was because the Bulls lost. So they had to rely on somebody else to lose. In order for them to actually clinch a play-in berth, of course, we know what would happen. They would get destroyed by Indiana. The next year, they'd get destroyed by Atlanta. So that leads me into asking predictions for this year. So we had somebody ask on Lockdown Hornets, Wes, let's say you win with Wimby. Let's say you get him with the first overall selection. Okay. LaMelo, Wimby, Mark Williams at the starting center. I think Mark and Wimby actually Who's start. Who's driving to the basket? I mean, it's the longest wingspan of all time. Wes, I will faint if they get Wimby. And can you imagine Wimby and Mark Williams on the floor at the same time? 
it's crazy. There's just going to be arms. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to dribble the basketball. Nope, that's mine. We could do Thank a you. dope segment if we could set it up with the Hornets. You and I trying to score baskets on the inside with Wimby and Mark Williams. They can just stand there, it and would, we just try to drive in and score. It would be like the Adam Sandler Netflix basketball movie where you have the the BOA contest that they made viral on social media. You had to score against Wancho Hernan Gomez, who was BOA, or who was Bo Cruz. Yeah. On, and you know, so the BOA, he would constrict you. That's yeah. what it would be like. All that to say, if they get Wimby with the number one pick, should the expectation be top six spot at the end of the regular season? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because you're talking about bringing in a guy that I think day one, walking into the NBA, is going to be a walking 25 points per game. You're going to talk about one of the more prolific scores in the game from day one. You know what Melo brings to the table. Miles will more than likely be here as well. I mean, the Hornets will be loaded. It will just come down to... How much do you feel like playing defense that night? And if most nights they come to play some defense, they will be a top six team in the Eastern Conference. Is that fair, Fitty? Should they be a top six team if they get Wimby? I would say, I would say, yeah. I mean, Lamelo, Wimby, you're bringing back Bridges most likely. Mark Williams ascending gives you a reason to move off PJ Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, that's. And dude, if, I, I if they keep PJ, then the expectations are finals. NBA yeah, finals. I mean, I, I just want to play off basketball here in Spectrum Center, man. It'd be a lot of fun. I, I would love to see it as well. All right, let's go back to 2020 on May 12th. Remember, that was at the, I mean, we were getting through the pandemic at that time. So interesting things that were happening in the sports world as well. On this day, the MLB owners okayed the proposal for a July start during the pandemic shortened season. And then we asked, what did what did that mean for the upcoming season? Do you remember that video as a baseball aficionado? Remember the pandemic shortened season, just how much that affected everything, where especially like individual awards almost felt like they should have an asterisk, especially mm-hmm. with baseball being so entrenched with sample size measurements. That was a really weird year for baseball. Yeah, I talk about this all the time. The pandemic brought back my love for baseball because it was the first sport to come back while we were navigating such a global thing. And it was 60 games and it felt rushed, but God, it was must-watch television for guys who our lives revolve around sports and have any sports to watch. A lot of people needed it for sure. How about this one too? Last Dance debuted early. Around this time, it was coming to an end because they felt ESPN felt the world needed the Last Dance documentary. And so around this time, it was starting to end. One of the questions I had on a previous show I did was, are we going to be sad when the Last Dance ends? I was actually watching it on replay ESPN, too, uh, last weekend. They just were running through all the episodes. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's only MJ propaganda, yada, yada. Get out of here with that. I thought it was awesome. Loved every single second of it. Where does Last Dance rank for you on one of the more pleasurable viewing experiences? You've oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm trying to think that I feel a slightly underwhelmed by because I wanted a little bit more. Shut but I, I can't say that I was. So it, it was really good. <laughs> Fiddy, I know you loved it. That was That's the greatest sports documentary they've ever made. It was a lot. I don't see like a lot of people had a problem with, oh, I didn't learn anything. But the thing about that for me, I wanted Michael's input. That was the thing. Michael had the footage. We didn't hear Michael talk. And so to hear his thoughts on all of it, that's what I came to view. And that's what I got. I also learned that Michael Jordan valued winning basketball games more than sleeping with Carmen Electra. Because had I went and rescued Dennis Rodman and saw him in bed with her. Oh, don't tell us, Fiddy. Don't. It just would have been a delayed flight back. Okay. All right. 
Last one I was going to roll with, by the way. Another topic we were having was around that time, the end of Cam Newton's tenure with Carolina. Cam Newton on this day, or maybe May 11th, he said, he was willing to be a backup in the right situation. And we're still having that conversation about Cam Newton. If he's uh, three years ago, we were having that conversation as well. So that'll do it for the debut of Flashback Friday. Always fun to go back and see what happened on this day one, two, and three years ago. Go back to the NFL schedule taking place in this year, 2023, present time. What do we think is the toughest quadrant of the schedule? And did the Panthers buy come at an opportune time? Two o'clock coming up next, Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.